Welcome to Hashtag Managed, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of building a booked out social media business. Tune in every week for transparent conversations from a six-figure social media agency owner, sharing the highlights and lowlights of being a business owner, and episodes featuring industry experts to help you start, scale, and book out your own social media management business. Now, here's your host, Jessica Sheehy. Welcome to the Hashtag Manage podcast. I'm super excited to announce today's guest and to dive into this conversation. Today, I'm joined with Angelica Ross. She is a copywriter for creative entrepreneurs and coaches. She's the founder of Angelica Ross Copywriting and Untitled Self-Discovery and Journaling Cards. Angelica specializes in writing website copy that helps bold, Brazen, change-making entrepreneurs tell their story and write content that's true and powerful. Through writing for and coaching countless clients, she's seen firsthand how sharing the right word at the right time can make a true connection with your audience. When she's not wrangling words for clients, Angelica can be found with her nose in a book, counting her endless supply of post-its, and indulging her dog in belly rubs. She believes in the power of a new notebook, the healing properties of cinnamon rolls and that she's four people according to the serving size of most recipes. Angelica, welcome to the Hashtag Vantage podcast. Tell me a little bit more about why you started your business. Hey, Jessica. It's so nice to be here with you today. Uh, My business started completely on accident, as all good things do. (laughs) So I just never wanted to be a business owner. And I'm sure you understand as a business owner yourself, the wonderful world of taxes and healthcare and all of the stuff that creatives don't like doing. (laughs) I thought I'll let someone else do it. And fast forward a couple of years after I started my side hustle, I was stuck in a desk job that I really didn't like. I'm sure everyone can relate to that too. (laughs) And I said, there has got to be something different. There's got to be a better way. I can't keep doing this forever. And that's when I took the leap and decided to make my side hustle freelance gig my actual full-time business. Wow. I love that. I I think a lot of people can relate to not actually wanting to be an entrepreneur and falling into it. And I know we're going to uncover probably the why and the mission behind your business is why you've (laughs) dove headfirst into entrepreneurship. But I can definitely relate at having a side hustle while working a corporate job that I just didn't love at all. I ended up losing my job, which I felt like was the perfect push (laughs) of kick out of the door from working that job to now being a business owner. So I needed a little bit more of a more forceful push into it. Um, So tell me, how has your business changed over time since that moment with who you're serving or how you're serving them or just any pivotal pivotal moments in business? That is like a, wow, let me think back sort of question because I have had so many pivots and you don't realize that you're pivoting until you look back a couple of years and went, oh, wow, this is not at all like how I started out or what I thought this would be. And that's pretty much my whole business. I started really managing social media. I was not 
I, I wrote the content, but I wasn't billing myself as a copywriter because everyone wanted social media management. It was like 2012. That was when, like, do you remember when people would market on Facebook and you could still request a business as a friend? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like we're talking back in that era when I started doing that. And it was just a really simple one in one out kind of thing because um, I knew I was good at writing persuasive copy. I wanted to do that to help businesses, but I didn't want to be scheduling tweets. That's not what I love to do. And, you know, when one person would come to me and want copywriting, I would be able to say, cool, okay, listen, more and more people are believing in this and believing in me. And, you know, I was able to slowly transition to copywriting. And I'm sure that's like you, like a lot of the the folks listening, because we're not ever the same from moment to moment. But again, you don't really realize that until you look back. Yeah. Wow. I really loved the point you made that you don't really know when you're pivoting until you look back and see, wow, I've made so many pivots. Over the past few weeks, I've been doing a lot of 2022 um, recap and auditing the year and just looking at numbers, but I've really been looking at the past couple of years in, in business. I started this business in 2018, which is very crazy to say it's been four years, but for me as a marketer, I'm nerding out over all of the data that I have to look at, all of my numbers, all of the pivots, and there's been so many. And what's amazing too is the pivots don't always come as massive business pivots. There's times where I've pivoted my offer, like you going from social media management to what you really love doing, copywriting. There's been times where I've pivoted who I'm working with and how I'm doing my delivery. And there's been, of course, some smaller pivots and moments in my business career where I'm like, I want to do just passive products and I don't want to do management. And then there's been times where it's like, I don't want to do passive. It's not exactly what I (laughs) thought it was going to be. Um, But a lot of the people inside of our community are online business owners and majority of them are social media managers but we have a ton of of people who are passionate about copywriting they realize same thing i don't want to sit there and schedule all of these posts to go out and i don't want to engage with people on social media and <laughs> do all of this content and there's a lot of you know different things that they want to branch off into but i think a lot of times we're so worried about making the right choice at any time in business but i think especially at the start like if am i cementing my future by making this my business right now which i think is such a such a huge, a huge thing that we all deal with at many stages in business. Yes, I feel that so deeply because as a human in general, I'm always afraid of making the wrong decision. And I, my therapist and my coach could probably write a book of all of the times I've come to them and be like, I don't want to make the wrong decision. <laughs> and in business, you have to learn like there is no wrong decision. There just may be a better and a less ideal one. Because you just have to go, you have to get in motion. And that's where the clarity will come from. That's where the the action and the trying on different things. And like you said, some of these pivots are not big. And that's the most frustrating thing where you're like, I haven't changed. I'm not changing. Am I? I don't know. And then you look back and go, oh, wait, I just didn't notice it at the time. 
Yeah. I mean, I think there's something to be said, right? There's the, you know, there's the 1% change that as humans we can make to evolve our habits. And I think those, I think those 1% changes in business, that's what yields better results in any business. I mean, in anything in life and in our personal lives too. And I think a lot of times we just get wrapped up as as business owners, I mean, in our own right, we're wearing so many hats and we're doing all the things, quote unquote. And there's so many times where we just want to make massive movements because we think they're going to yield massive results. And that's just not, it's not always the case. I mean, I've, I've made some pretty massive moves in business and I've, I've lost. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, same. Like you said, the the 1% change, there's that story or the stat, whatever you want to call it, that if a plane starts one degree off at the beginning of the course, they end up like miles and miles and miles off at the end. And that just shows you the the power of these one degree micro movements that you could, it really adds up to amazing, huge swings of progress, but you don't notice it when you're starting out. Yeah. Yeah. I love that analogy. I love that. And I love that you shared that because that's so important for any any business owner at any point in business. I mean, business is a roller coaster. There's ebbs and flows and it's just riding the wave is what makes a great entrepreneur. I'd love to know in your opinion, is there one trait or one skill or one characteristic that you think entrepreneurs all have or that you think really helped set you up for success when you started your business? I think a common thread is being resilient. Everyone that I know who is a business owner is incredibly resilient. And to go along with that, also very resourceful. We, I think, are um, just in general a, a very scrappy breed. We're sort of like the underdog at times. And like you were saying, you were looking over your 2022 stats and nerding out over these, you, you know, the wonderful things that have, have come. And as you also said, there are ebbs and flows. So to get through the ebbs, you really have to be resilient and just be so connected and grounded to your values and why you're doing this. Because when it gets hard, if you're not connected to that, you're, you'll go somewhere else. And that's okay. Not everyone is, not everyone does what we do. And that is okay. <laughs> that is the biggest thing. Like if entrepreneurship is not for you and you're like, I'm, I'm out, I don't like this. Cool. That is awesome because you know yourself. And that's like a really big thing, I would say is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I love that point that you made because I feel like a lot of times in more so in entrepreneurship, there's always that little gray cloud that follows us if we don't want it, that we're thinking to ourselves, am I going to fail? If I make this wrong decision, if I pivot my business and change my offers, or if I work with an entirely new audience or market, or kind of going down to like lower level things, you know, if I don't offer this service, am I going to fail? Um, kind of going a little bit lower into your expertise and how you help people. If I don't write the best words on my website or for my business, am I going to fail? So that that little gray cloud that follows us for failure, I think it's it, you know it's 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 always going to be there. It's what we do with it, which is so important. And I love the point that you made that it's a really big thing to be so self aware that if entrepreneurship at one point in your life is this is not where you want to go to 
go do something else. Because I know a lot of just entrepreneurs that I know, you know, family and friends of family who are, you know, older generations, there's been different times in their lives where they've been entrepreneurs. And of course, different setbacks and different lessons or failures have changed, changed the course of that action. But it's something to think about, but definitely resilience and resourcefulness, I think, are two really great characteristics that really make up any entrepreneur. And I could write a laundry list of all of the different things I've learned how to do on my own. I know at the start of the show, you mentioned about taxes and wow, that was a huge learning curve for me. I felt like I knew quite a bit about you know personal taxes and all of that when pre-entrepreneurship, but then becoming an entrepreneur and now having a team, it's its a whole new ballgame. So there's a whole lot of things to uh, to learn. Is there anything along your path of entrepreneurship that, that you do or have done before that you just never thought <laughs> you would do in a million years? And are you still doing it or have you outsourced that? That's such a great question. Thinking about it, I can't say that there's anything right now where I'm like, whoa, I never thought that I would do this because right now I'm sitting here 10 years after the start of the side hustle and it just seems old hat. And I loved, I had to write down what you said about there's that gray cloud following you around, but it's what you do with it. And I certainly have had my fair share of gray cloud days, but I think that hopefully, I don't know, my friends might disagree. <laughs> my dog probably would disagree where I'm just, you have those great cloud days. And you're just like, burn it all down. I am done. Um, so maybe some of these days I don't, I don't do as well with the great cloud. But as far as like, wow, I never really thought I would be able to do or have this sort of experience is that right now as we're recording this, I outsource very little because I actually like doing a lot of the stuff in my business and the other things I really don't mind because once you sit down and just put your mind to it, it's not that hard. It's just those little steps that you go, okay, I don't know how to do taxes. I'm going to get all of my receipts together. I'm going to take them to an accountant and we will figure it out together. And if you have those resources, I truly believe that you could figure out anything if you sit down and just take a little bit of time or you ask for help. Yeah. Wow. I love that you mentioned that there's not really much that you don't outsource because you love doing it all. I think that really shows the type of business that you've built. I know there's so many names for it, but I know the most common is building a lifestyle business, one that supports you and your life and the life that you aspire to live, but not doing things that, you know, that people say you should do or that you need to do in entrepreneurship. I, I know there's so much around you need to hire first or who you need to hire second or how much income you need to make before you do this or do that. There, there's a lot of shoulds in the industry, but I think it really shows the type of business that you've created. And I think that's really amazing that you love doing things. Even for myself, there's so many things that, and I think that's something that ebbs and flows too. There's things that I really love to do. And one of that is is client work. And I think being a social media agency owner, I I love having my hands on all of the client projects, especially the strategies. I mean, that is that's why I started my business a few years back. I'm like, hey, I can 
I can do this for my employer and I love all the clients we're working with. Imagine if I'm working with brands and businesses that I really love and I really love those entrepreneurs and what they're doing and what their impact is. And I still to this day love love the client work. And I, I think everyone is different. I know there's times where people want to evolve and grow out of the client work and acquire a team to do it for them. But I just love talking to other entrepreneurs who get it, who who love doing the the nitty gritty details of their business in working with clients. I think that's so amazing. Thank you. I completely agree that if you have good clients and I don't want to say good clients, there's not like good clients and bad clients, but if you have people around you that are similar to you in values and goals, it makes the the work that you do, that client fulfillment fun because you realize that you are helping them make something big and impactful. And that at least for me, one of my values is being of service. So I like that. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love your point on that there's not necessarily good and bad clients. I That is something that I never share. Oh, bad clients or you know, red flag clients. I don't think there's anything like that. I just think there's times where it just doesn't work. I mean, you think about certain relationships in our lives, there's relationships that don't work out, friendships, relationships. And I think the same goes for work partnerships. I I like to call it a partnership. I think it's always a collaborative effort back and forth in any service-based business that, that exists. And I think it's so important to find the people who, you know, value the same things that you do. So I think that's so, so amazing. Um, what sort of values do you look for in the clients that that you work with? Is there any sort of similar characteristics that they have about their businesses or just the values that they have in general? A lot of it for me is trust and respect. Those are very, very high up for me. If someone is going to micromanage a product, we're probably not going to get along very well. I am an only child. I don't like being told what to do. And if you're going to tell me, you know, when I should be sitting down and writing, and you know, as a creative person, that's that's not going to flow. So yeah, it's just not an ideal relationship. And we're probably best to part ways. Um, so trust, respect, and having a like a little fun, a little cheekiness, a little personality. If someone trusts me as a copywriter to write for them, it's most likely that we have a very similar voice as well, because the way that I write and the way that you speak are going to have some overlaps. That's how you get really good, compelling copy that sounds like you that someone else wrote. And you could totally do it yourself. Uh, everyone can be a good writer, spoiler alert. But... <laughs> If you are outsourcing it, if you don't have the time, if you don't have the desire to learn it, then finding someone who looks at the world in a similar way and just like turns up the dial on it a little bit. That's what a really good copywriter, I believe, does. They just turn up the dial on what you already think and feel. So you get something that looks amazing, sounds like you, reads really well. Um you know, all of the other superlatives that you could put with something that is just, you know, that elevated version. So that is, you got to find people that you like. (laughs) Yeah, that's so important. I mean, there's so many reasons why entrepreneurs go into entrepreneurship. A lot of times it is 
solving a problem or fulfilling a need in their lifestyle or they, you know, are passionate about something or someone or some group of people. And I think it's so important to find your people. And sometimes it takes time. There it, there are times in I think any service-based business where, you know, whether you're acquiring new clients or you're trying to fill clients in your community to put them on a wait list for your services or just to fill your community with those like-minded individuals, there are times where it's kind of hard to figure out, like, are these my people? And I think the biggest thing that I always love to share is just have conversations and you'll you'll find out just by a basic conversation if their values align with your values and if they are the client that you'd love to work with and would love to service. So you mentioned something a little bit of a hint about everyone can be a great writer. And that is definitely something I'm excited to dive into on this show is just talking about any person that I have met who comes to me in so many different areas of why they're wanting to outsource social media, most likely, and if I could give it a percentage, I'm going to say 95% of people do not like the content writing portion of social media. They feel like they don't know what to say. They don't know what value to add. And then the fear or the story comes in of, I don't know if someone else can write that. I can't. I can't write that. I can't pull that out of my of my own mind for my for my audience. And I think a lot of times there's a lot of like overthinking and different things that go into it because when I do get into a new client project, I 9 times out of 10 and I'm asking them all the questions I need to know about their audience, they can tell me every single thing I need to know to write great content for them. So, it's sometimes just peeling back the layers and finding out what it is for that. But I'd love to know what advice would you give to business owners who would identify as not great writers themselves and more so how can they how can they learn to write effective copy for their business for their people mm, you hit on a big thing which is that overwhelm people do get really overwhelmed and they want to put all of the information down on the page and it's very hard for all of us to select out what is the most important what is going to make a difference what really needs to be on this page or really needs to be in the social media post versus what can you say for an email or, you know, another piece of content. And like I said, I truly do believe everyone can be a good writer. So that overwhelm, that fear that I'm sure comes along with absolutely anything that people are doing. So first and foremost, take breath. It's okay. What I really like doing and telling people is that it comes down to practice. You're not going to sit down to write a sales page for yourself and knock it out of the park on the first try. I can because I have practiced. I have written a lot of sales pages. Same with any copywriter. And we still need to sit down and practice because it is a skill that you hone. And the wonderful thing about doing that is that the more you start thinking about whatever it is you're writing about, let's pretend someone is writing an Instagram post to announce a new offer that they're promoting. The way you think about that is probably going to be very different from the onset, from your conception, from your idea phase to actually going through and putting it together and the implementation and then the promotion and the marketing. And that's just a natural process. And your writing has that same ability. 
So when you practice writing and getting these ideas down, you're just naturally clarifying and crystallizing your thoughts around that offer and the transformation that they provide and the knowledge that you have that allows people to trust you. So the wonderful thing about social media is that it is gone so quickly and you can really practice. If you write a post that you're like, this is not my best work. It's okay. You can write another one tomorrow. It's fine. It's just keep practicing. Um, and to go along with that, another really important piece is to be so clear on your values and how you want to show up and create for your business. Because when you know your values and you embody them, it's just going to be so natural when you share them. They're not going to be salesy or pushy, which is another fear I hear a lot that people are, you know, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be salesy. But if you're so excited about your offer and you just naturally talk about them and your, you know, your voice gets more excited and you lean in and, you know, all of that, the physical stuff that happens when you get excited, then it's not going to be pushy or salesy. Then you're just talking and you're connecting and you're finding out, like you said, do I like you? Do I want to trust you? Do I want to spend some time exchanging goods and services? Um, and then finally, my my last tip, I could talk about this forever. Uh, my my last and biggest tip is please proofread. Please edit your work. Nothing kills that trust faster than a thousand errors on a sales page or in a social media post. It, like if you can't be bothered to proofread, ugh, what other corners are you cutting, you know? Yeah, exactly. I I first I'm going to start with the last point you made about proofreading. There are so many times and we're all humans, we all make errors. They they happen. There are times where I misspell words that I write every single day. <laughs> and there are times where I write a sentence and maybe I'm going too fast, maybe my fingers are typing faster than my <laughs> you know brain is thinking or vice versa and I write a sentence that makes zero sense. But going back and catching that is so, so important. And there are so many times where I go read a sales page or I go read website copy, just trying to learn everything I can about a new social media management client. And I see so many different errors. And I oftentimes think like, I'm not the best writer, that I'm not the best person at writing, you know, sales copy, conversion copy. I like to write content. But when it comes to that persuasive website words or sales page copy or email copy or anything like that. There are so many times where I feel like if I can catch those things, then I know that your people or your audience are going to catch those things, which is so important. And I love what you mentioned about practice because I often get the comp compliment that I'm a great writer. When people read the social media posts we send out for a campaign or for a month or whatever the project looks like, they're like, wow, you really captured what I was thinking. Like, you really captured my audience. Like, you know what they want to read on social media or, hey, that's like really engaging posts. And I think it's so, so funny because most of the times the types of clients that we work with are very, much experts in their industry. And I have zero idea <laughs> what they actually do in their day-to-day -day job. I know what they do and how they do it. I don't know the actual like fundamentals <laughs> of their service that they provide or what they teach or whatnot. But it all comes down to just practicing, just practicing. And I've worked in social media for so long and social media changes so often, but I'm always on top of it and I'm always trying it for so many different clients. So I think 
the practicing, I can definitely speak on that. That is definitely huge because so many people tell me I'm a great writer. And growing up, I always thought I was the worst writer ever. And who knows, that's probably just teachers in school critiquing essays for certain things that are very different in writing that we're doing for marketing and whatnot. But I think that's so important with practicing. What advice would you give to a new coach or a new business owner or just new content creator who is just starting out with writing their copy? Is there one thing to kind of dive into just to kind of get their feet wet in writing copy and or or what would they need to do before writing copy for their business? It really does come down to that before piece. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's so hard to just sit down and write. You have so much pressure on you when you're just like, okay, I have the the blank Google Doc and the blinking cursor. It's it's getting me. So I always suggest that people sit down and first tune in with yourself. Figure out what are your desires? What do you want? How do you want to say something? What are your values? And once you know that part for yourself, then you can start relating to your audience. And like you were saying, people come to you and say, oh my God, my clients, they're my audience. They love reading this post. You know exactly what they wanted. And that's because that second step, once you get clear on yourself, is you have to figure out, okay, what do my people care about? And oftentimes it's not the features. It's not that in a coaching program, you get four calls every month and Voxer access and yada, yada. They care about the transformation. They care about the the with him, the what's in it for me. And really what you're doing when you're writing persuasive copy is you are showing them a possibility of what it could look like for them when they follow you as a guide. So it's not about throwing out all the features. It's really about figuring out what is the transformation I'm making. I Someone is at point A. How are they getting to point B? What is point B? What do they desire about point B? What do they care about point B? And that's where you really do need to start when you're sitting down is figuring that out. And it sounds as hard. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It could just be one little step and that's it. And that's good. Yeah, I love that. What's in it for them? I think that is such a crucial thing. And not only for copy, but also for, you know, for for messaging across everything, for talking to your clients or customers and just knowing what's in it for them is just you said it earlier in the show, just it makes selling so much easier. You don't have to be pushy or slimy or salesy. You're serving. And I think that is so important to come about. A lot of conversations that we have in our community with different entrepreneurs, mostly social media managers and content writers and strategists is they're developing their packages. They're developing their offers. And I love what you mentioned about coaching off offers and packages, don't list out the different calls and all the modules and the Voxer access and templates or whatever is included in that program, but talking about the transformation, because I think that is one, that's what people want to know. They, of course, the small things matter. They want to know what's in it once they're, once they're in it and they're committed to, okay, this is the program that I'm going to join. And this is what I'm going to get from the transformation from the business, which is so, so 
so amazing. So in a world where consumers are shown so many messages on any given day, how can business owners easily sell their offers without sounding like everyone else or worse, not sounding like themselves at all? Yeah, I really believe it all comes back to connection and we connect to others through stories and shared experiences. And like we were saying at the top of the show that, you know, do I like you? (laughs) There's no good client or bad client. It's just like, do I like you? Do I want to spend time with you? And that is really to me and how I built my business and the folks that I surround myself with. We are all service-based businesses that are service oriented. We want to help others. So I'm sure a lot of folks listening here too understand that it is about connection first. So that to me is the biggest thing. And that's how you really stand out. Because when you believe in your offers and your message and you know your values and you lead with that, you lead with those benefits and those emotions, that's when you're going to just naturally show up and tell people about what you have to offer. And that enthusiasm is infectious. That's like we were saying, that's where it's not salesy or pushy. That's where it's just a conversation and it flows. So knowing knowing yourself and knowing the benefit that you provide is so important to creating a message that sounds like you and not like everyone else because only you can sound like you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I really hope everyone who is listening to this episode, whether it's the week it goes live or if you're coming back listening to it or listening to it again, because there's so many good golden nuggets in there. I think a really great homework assignment is to really develop who you are as the business owner with whatever service you're providing and whoever you're providing it for and however, whatever form you're providing it, just knowing who you are, going back to your values like you mentioned. And that is what's going to help sell your offers. That's what's going to help you write the best copy for social media, for your website, for any part of your sales funnel. And I think that's so, so important. I'd love to know if you had to give one piece of advice to another business owner who's working on crafting their message, what would it be? Or would there be any sort of formula or way that you would share someone would would craft would craft their message? Yeah, for me, it really begins with the end in mind. So that's how every piece of content or copy that I create, whether it's for myself or for a client, it starts with the end in mind. And it could be a conversion, like a sales page, or it could just be a social media post where I want you know, I'm showing a picture of my dog and I want to write something funny. Figuring out what that end goal is really helps you work backwards and put the pieces together to support that. So think about how do you want people to feel when they get this message or how do you want them to respond to it? And then in your writing, you can connect with those feelings and emotions. So it's all about showing people, again, what's possible for them using that, you know, backwards force first way of thinking. And unfortunately, there isn't, to me, we don't have time to sit down and and put out a a formula because everything really is different. But if you figure out, you know, what's the end goal 
and then you present, I call it the, the PBR. What is the problem? What are the benefits? And what's the result? That's the most important thing if you're writing any sort of sales copy, funnel, anything like that. So again, you can speak to those benefits and the transformation rather than all of those, the features. Oh, I love that. I love I love a good acronym, <laughs> of course. And <laughs> in marketing, there's so many to keep up with, but I think that's so important to help know exactly all of the things that you need to touch on for, like you said, any piece of copy, any any message that you're sharing in business. And I think that is so amazing and so easy for people to take in terms of going from what you mentioned earlier, that overwhelm. And I think a lot of times it's just the daunting task of writing that piece of copy or maybe they're looking at it as, okay, I've got to write my whole website and <laughs> who knows how many pages um, are are on that website or how many services or coaching programs or whatnot that they have. So it's a really overwhelming task just thinking about it in that sense. But when you think about that end goal in mind, like you mentioned, and keeping things intact with who you are and your audience and the, you know, the problems and the results, then I think that is super, super important versus thinking about all of the features and then thinking about all of all of the words that you have to think about and write, which is definitely an overwhelming task. And I, I completely get it where, where people are coming with with that sense. Um, So you've built your business on the foundation of building a true connection with your audience. I'd love to know how has social media deepened those connections? How does social media impact your online business? So it's funny, actually, that the posts that I work the hardest on sometimes get the least engagement. Not to say that, how do I want to put this? You know, when you're just like, oh, yes, I have this perfect thing. I have the hook. I have the this and that, that. And then you put it out there and you can get some posts or some likes. And all right. And then the next day you throw out a silly picture of your dog or your coffee and you type a one liner and people go nuts for it. And you're just like, well, <laughs> those posts, though. That's because it has that infectious energy. That's where the real connection is and the personality and the values behind the business and the person on the other side of the Instagram account. And, you know, that's all we want. We just want someone to feel like someone else gets us. We want that. Oh, me too. I do that too. I don't feel so alone. And social media has given us all a glimpse into each other's lives to find those common connection points so we can feel less alone. And I think that really impacts everything. So as much as people do tend to lampoon social media, there are times where me too, I'm like, oh God, I have to write another Instagram post about this course. I'm going to just, oh my God, I can't do this. But when you sit down and realize that, wow, we can have this conversation because of the internet, because of social media. And we can find other people that we like and we want to be friends with. And we don't have to be right there physically in the room. I mean, that's that's everything. I have a business because of that. You have a business because like I'm sure a lot of us have businesses because we were just able to find someone and say, oh, you do that too? Me too. Hey, do you want to 
do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Can we, let's, let's like do a virtual coffee and just building those relationships. Yeah, I love that. And I have to say, I completely agree. The posts that are one-liners and very <laughs> on the cusp, very personal, very, you know, in the moment. And not that everything needs to be in the moment and that's going to do better than things that are planned and, you know, curated by any means. But just anything that is that personal glimpse. I love to say to clients that I'm working with or just to say in general on social media, Pick a few topics that are very personal to you. And I know we're all different in the amount of personal content we want to share. There's some creators and business owners I follow that I feel like I know their whole life. And that's what they've chosen to share online, which is amazing. And I, on the other hand, don't share a ton of stuff about my personal life, but there's some things that I really love to share. And it's all things that I know I can connect with, with people. So I like to say that these are like sticky topics that whenever I see someone that I follow is drinking their go-to coffee order, and it is the same coffee order they've been drinking for the past three years. But whenever I see it on stories, it just kind of brightens my day a little bit. I'm like, oh, there she is. She got her coffee again. <laughs> so it's something that just brings that connection to people, like you said. And I, I think that's so amazing, especially in a world that's so digital. And there are a lot of times in our home offices <laughs> and we're working by ourselves, you know, maybe we're communicating with clients and, you know, voxering them and slacking them and talking to them on Zoom. But sometimes just having fun on social media is is what it's all about. And I think it's really amazing the amount of businesses that have grown off of social media. I mean, I give full credit to my business with social media. I mean, that's obviously what I do. I'm a social media manager, but I grew my business on Instagram and in Facebook groups. And without those two platforms, I don't think I would have gotten to the level that I did as quickly as I did. And so it's really, really amazing. So I really do appreciate you highlighting that wonderful part of social media because it is so easy to talk about the ever-changing algorithms and all of the other things that happen, which is like that with anything in business and any tools that we use. But it is amazing, the communities that have been cultivated and the connections that have been made. Well, thank you so much, Angelica, for sharing with us today and having this conversation. This was such an amazing conversation that I'm even going to go back and re-listen to all of the really good points that you mentioned about writing copy, even though I write social media content all day long for clients and for the social savvy brand, there's so many areas where I always feel like we can always improve as entrepreneurs. So where can our listeners and our community find out more about you, your business, and the services that you offer? Thank you so much, first of all, for having me on the show, Jessica. This was a lot of fun to talk about messaging and like going back to that connection, having that fun little like, oh, me too. I do that too. <laughs> Those moments. So to keep up with me, you can head over to Instagram. I am at Hey Angelica Ross and TikTok as well. And for programs and services. I do have a, I think it's a wonderful course and I hope others do too, a wonderful course to help you with your messaging and really give you a strong foundation rooted in some of these things that we were talking about. I call it my 3D communication method. So you can find all that info on my website and that is angelicaross.co. 
Amazing. Thank you so much. If you guys are interested in Angelica's course, definitely check it out. There are so many great things for business owners inside of there. And of course, don't forget to follow her on Instagram and TikTok. We all know you're spending countless hours on TikTok anyway. Until next time. We're more than just a podcast and community. We're a collective. The Social Savvy Collective membership was built for social media managers just like you. It's time to learn the skills, strategies, and systems that you need to build a thriving social media management business to achieve the time, financial, location, or all of the above freedom you're after. Head to the show notes or go to socialsavvyhq.co forward slash podcast to learn about the endless resources and support that are waiting for you inside. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Hashtag Managed. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Come back next week for another new episode of Hashtag Managed. We'll see you then.